Welcome to Suddenly I Realized, the podcast that sees two hardcore fans reluctantly reassess their obsession with sex in the city. We can't help but wonder, has Carrie Bradshaw finally fallen off her Manolos and her pedestal? Have we lost the will to carry on? I'm Mary Fogarty. And I'm Vanessa Kyo. And we're off. Yay. (laughs) Welcome to my boudoir, Vanessa. Thanks, love. And welcome everyone to Series 2, Episode 8, The Man, The Myth, The Viagra, otherwise known as The Saggy Arse Episode. Yeah, and first off, I'm just going to say straight away, the ageism in this episode is disgusting. I've written that down as well, but unfortunately, or fortunately, you can still be ageist in this day and age. The aged have not had their revolution. It's the last taboo. It's the last taboo, well, except for animal rights. So um, before the animals rise up and kill us all, they won't kill me. I think the aged or the elderly or the senior senior citizens, maybe. See, I would have been cancelled if they'd had the revolt, but they haven't. So we're okay. Yeah, so, there's no PC terminology. No. They don't mind, really. They'll have what their they're day. Called, They'll have their it. day. They will, I hope so. They'll probably be dead before they have it, but anyway. Some of them had their day in this country some years ago when there was talk of removing the free travel for over mm. 66. People aged over 66 in Ireland get a free bus pass and they can travel on trains and buses and Lewis to their heart's content all over the country. The point being that they've worked... All their lives to contribute to this society. So thank you. And they deserve to be able to travel for nothing. Well, the Grey Army rose up. They fucking did. In this country. Silver pound. They descended on Dublin City. En masse. And I'm and sorry, but the poor fuckers are housing all their fucking sons and daughters and grandkids who can't afford to buy a house. Can't get rid of them. So they're basically providing shelter. Mm-hmm. And they have to endure all their kids shite. It's like having, imagine like having Brady as a 55 year old still living in your house. And his girlfriend's still his there. His girlfriend, Louisa. Yeah. Or Rock and the other one, Lily. Oh God. They have a lot to contend with and they're my favourite minority apart from the animals. So anyway, we can, we can be ages. We don't want to be, but this episode of That's Sex gross. and City, not the podcast, is, yeah, horrendous. Mm-hmm. So disclaimer, not disclaimer. Trigger warning if you're old. This Cover one. your ears. Hopefully you're deaf. Indeed. Right. So we open in monologue. Once upon a second time around. And then I lost track of what Carrie was saying. Oh, I didn't write anything. I thought you would have known. Oh, yeah, hang on. I do. I have a bit. It's two mere mortals. We're having a wonderful time. So it's Carrie and Big out on the town. I actually think I could have a column in the New Yorker. I think my dog could have a column in the New Yorker. Based on these standards. It's just shite, like. (laughs) It's absolute shite. And it's so self-indulgent. 100%. Yeah. She always has a little theme. So now it's like she's an expert in the classics and ancient civilizations. There's a little kind of Greek legend, myth, shite. That's her her wheelhouse this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Last week it was the statistics. (laughs) Central Statistics Office. <laughs> hello, it's Carrie. Oh, no, she wouldn't say hello, it's Carrie. She'd be like, question. <laughs> Gee bag. Anyway, go on. So two mere mortals, i.e. Carrie and Big, were having a wonderful time. And we see Big bring Carrie into an Italian restaurant. And he seems to speak Italian now. Um, 
How could she label him as a mere mortal? I know. He seems to know the owner quite well. They're on hugging terms. I have to say, it looks lovely, the whole ambiance, nice. decor. It's real, like, that's yeah. how I pictured New York. Yeah, they're in the restaurant with the checked tablecloths. Yeah, the owner shows Carrie and Big to a table and Big says, grazie. And he's also besties with the waiter, Paolo, who he introduces to Carrie. And he says, Carrie, this is Paolo. Paolo, this is my girlfriend, Carrie. And Carrie nearly dies of delight. She's the biggest loser I've ever <laughs> met in my life. They've been together a year and a half I at know. this stage. She Honestly, she has just, there's no more jizz to fill the nicks. But at least it's, she plays it cool. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, fair enough. If she has, if she has those feelings of elation, because he's such a prick and he's such a gaslighter, this is the first time he's referred to her as his girlfriend. But that's fine. You have those feelings. You can't control how you feel. Control how you behave. Try to rein it in a little. Poker face. Yeah. Rein it in. Say nothing. Might have a little moment of oh. Go into the bathroom, flick the bean for a minute, and come back out. <laughs> Do a bit of a Grace Kelly. She's like, <laughs> girlfriend. She's a dickhead. She's, she's so sincere in her talk. Yeah, God love her. And she says, and she doesn't leave it at that. She doesn't just visibly <laughs> have a <laughs> die of joy. Yeah. She says, you've never called me your girlfriend before. And he says, I have. Just not to your face. No, you haven't, Big. You haven't. You just mm-hmm. said it to Paolo because you're probably not going to see him again. Yeah. So the gangster owner starts uh, singing a bit of opera and it's very pleasant. And now it's Big's turn to sing a little song. And he does, he sings a Sinatra song. And he starts singing and she spits out her wine. Mm. I actually think fair play to him to get up and do it. He's a nice singer. He's not bad. Yeah. And I think that's lovely. Just the idea of this baby boomer with loads of money singing to you in an mm. Italian restaurant in New York. That's the dream. Obviously not a baby boomer now, but like a baby boomer if I was like in my 20s. Yeah. And he was in his 40s. Yeah. That would be nice. Quite pleasant. She spits out her wine. Is she, does she think he's not good? Does it's, she think it's funny? I think she's, it's the awkwardness. She just can't deal with the awkwardness and the embarrassment. Yet last week she berated him for taking a phone call during her crappy speech or crappy poem. Yeah. Gee, she wouldn't want to hang around with me. I burst into song at every given moment. Oh my God, No. I, I I never spit out my wine when you do. No. <laughs> I hold it in. Later on, I fucking bitch about you. Tell everyone how embarrassed I was. But <laughs> I keep it in. Yeah, I keep it in. Just keep it in, Carrie. Yeah. She's so, um, she's no decorum. Eventually. Not decorum. She's, she's no. Dignity? She, dignity. Mm. She's no dignity. No. She, eventually, she, she kind of gets lost in the song and... You know, it is very smooth and he's a nice singer. And by the end of the song, she's sliding off her little chair. Yeah, which is lovely. That's a lovely, lovely date, lovely night, lovely moment. Yeah, it's very nice. It's all going to go tits up. Well, we cut to Miranda's date across town. She's at a comedy show and the guy on stage seems aggressive and not very funny. Not Won't be the last non-funny comedian. Well, I tell you who he's funnier than. Shay. Shay, I was thinking your brother. No, Shay from... I'm oh, he's like, way oh, funnier. Oh, God. Than, sorry, Shay, my brother, is way funnier than this comedian. But And, and Shay, your brother, is way funnier than Shay from Just, just like, like That. that. Yeah. Um, 
But he's also funnier than Miranda and her date, who's called Alan Miller. Um, and they're sitting there judging his comedy, but they have their own little banter as if they're fucking French and Saunders. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they? You try it. You do, try and get a, a, a tight three sorted out up on a stage in a comedy club in it's New York City. It's not easy. No. Try doing a podcast. I'm telling you. For all those judging millions. Alan Miller, we hear, is a divorced architect. Miranda met him in aisle number three at the Food Emporium. Americans always meet people in food halls and supermarkets. Yep. And they ask for each other's numbers. Have I think you, it's fabulous. I think it's great. I actually wish it was the way in this country. Have you ever met somebody in that kind of situation in well, the I library <laughs> or the supermarket? Yes, I have. I just mean the, the other mere mortals in Ireland. <laughs> Um, I just think it's lovely. Yeah. You know, I just, because Americans are just more, they're forward. They see something, they like it. And they're like, here's my card. Here's my number. I'm not saying it's going to last. I'm not saying they're any less dickier than the rest of mankind. But, you know, a date could follow. They're proactive. And what would you say at this time, this era, the 90s in Ireland, what was the way that men and women or men and men, or women and women, would meet each other. They just get shit-faced mm-hmm. in a bar. Yeah. Um. Now, if it was late night bar, nightclub, see, back in the 90s, we used to have the slow set. We did. We still had it in the 90s. Just about. Just about. No, we did, because that's yeah. when I started drinking. Oh, the slow set five. was wonderful. So you had three songs in the slow set. Yeah. So you had your normal music. Your, you know, whatever, Mark Morrison, bit of blue, whatever. Bit of the prodigy. Yeah, Christina yeah. Aguilera. And then you had the slow set. Which Brian Adams. Take that back for good. And then you, you, you had three chances for a guy to come over to you and ask you to dance. And basically it was just to lob the gob. But anyway, that's how we used to do it. I used to get a bit stressed by the slow set. Did you? Yeah. I'd, I had a habit of um, in junior latrecks or in the PNR of um, the slow set at the start and I'd go off to the toilet. Well, I'll marry. Because I'd be so afraid I wouldn't be asked to dance that I didn't want to put myself through the torture. I would have danced with you. Aww. That's really sad. Yeah. I was really uh, shy. Would you not be all liquored up? No, they were junior discos. I was a child. Would you not be all liquored up? <laughs> no. But then my moment would come towards the end of the night. They'd always finish with smells like teen spirit. And you'd be there in your little mosh pit. I'd be in the mosh pit. <laughs> Lunatic. Myself I... and Emma Pender. And, oh, myself and Emma. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that in a second. And I'd try to protect her because she was so small. Aww, yeah. you're a good friend. Yeah. My one was um, House of Pain, John. <gasps> yeah, we had that too. Yeah, that was yeah. my go-to. If no one asked me to dance, I'd wait for that song. And I'd jump onto their faces. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so fair play to the Americans anyway, for being forward and proactive and productive. Chatting up in the supermarket, I'm for it. Yeah, we need that. Yeah. But Irish men are very repressed. Sorry to our three Latino. Now, let's not get carried away here. I'll see what you did. see what I did. Yes, of, as a nation, I think we are all a little repressed and we certainly were in the 90s. I still think they are. But I think at that time, if a man had you know if men had started coming up to women in supermarkets they would have hit them with their handbags have you met me (laughs) (laughs) jump into my trolley um no i i I still think irish men are very repressed 
and I don't care. But maybe Irish women can be. Some Irish women are, yeah. 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 Very reserved. Um, Imagine a guy sidling up to somebody in the supermarket going, hi, I just saw you from across the fruit See, I like all that shit. I really like you and I really yeah, think you're beautiful perfect. and I'd like to see your I number. Like but some women would go, no. Yeah. Why? Or you're sleazy. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, well, I'm, not really, I'm more foreign, I think. I like in your foreign. heart? In my soul. Yeah. I thought I was American until I was seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, quite the disappointment. Um... Yeah, but I just think Irish. I am. I'm eighty three percent Irish, and Mm. I told I've said this in the podcast: fifteen percent Iberian, and whatever's left, uh, Baltic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Irish. Um, okay. So they hit it off in the supermarket, and they shared a hatred of designer croutons, whatever that means. Uh, so the date is trundling along. Um, your man goes to the toilet. Uh, oh no, or the bar. Um, or wherever he goes <laughs> I don't know where he goes I didn't write your it down your man goes your man leaves and his phone rings and the comedian starts having a fit over it um, he's dead right Carrie had a fit when Big's phone rang yeah I suppose yeah especially this was kind of new so I, I know I remember like mm. people like phones ringing all the time you know in theatres and stuff like that the etiquette hadn't settled in yet people just weren't used to turn them off they still fucking aren't to be yeah. honest anyway he's really pissed off and they set up they uh, start chanting he and the audience mm. answer it answer it it's like a cult mm-hmm. answer it answer it and they're all closing in on her so Miranda answers the phone the person on the phone is like where's Alan and who's this and Miranda's like it's his date who's this then her face falls and the comedian picks up the phone and he's a real over actor, this guy. But anyway. <laughs> but if he wants to come on the podcast. Oh, my God. Comedian from episode eight. More than welcome. Very welcome. And listen, I probably overact as well. Look, sure, who doesn't? It's his one moment. Mm-hmm. Um, He looks familiar, though. Maybe he got more work after or before. I don't know. I've seen him somewhere before. Let's look him up and return to that next week you know we are not going to do that nope. we're going to forget in a few yeah. minutes mm-hmm. and anyway lo and behold it's Alan Miller's wife on the phone it's his wife which uh, terrible comedian thinks is hilarious by the way can you imagine you, you're doing your uh, seven minutes and you grab this person's phone and you think it's going to be funny and it turns out it's the wife you'd be you'd be mortified or you kind of make all he does is kind of laugh, and they're all like laughing hysterically, yeah. like in like Carrie White, like when they're throwing fucking tampons on her. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like ah, like it is cringy. It's very weird. You'd think you'd go like, oh, we'll leave that there then, and uh, we'll just return to your set, and then and... kind of be nice to Miranda, or kind of you know <gasps> make it funny, yeah. like ease her awkwardness. But he doesn't. No, he's a bad comedian, which is usually. Something Miranda likes. Okay. Uh, poor Miranda is crushed. Oh, she is. She's mortified. Yeah. Alan comes back in. And the comedian's like, oh, your wife's on the phone, buddy. And he's like, oh, I am, I'm not divorced, but I am separated. And Miranda quite rightly says, well, sorry, but no thanks. And, and um, storms off just to see, see if going. I was Alan Miller, I'd just be like, oh, yeah, like we're not like she just calls she calls herself my wife she's not used to it you know she's in no case mm. I just I'd say she's mad yeah that's what I would have done 
Just as Miranda's storming off, he goes, honey, into the phone. So they're not even separated. No. That <sighs> wife will take him back. Yeah. Totally. They should do an episode of The Millers. Meet the Millers. The spin-off. Yeah. Yeah. My idea. HBO, if you're listening. Um, Ed, or not Ed, what's his name? Alan and his wife. What happened? Yeah, Alan Miller. I'll just tell you now. She took him back. Mm-hmm. And the comedian shouts after Miranda, I'll fuck you. Which is nice of him. That's generous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't take him up on the offer. We don't know. We don't see it anyway. She's disgusted. On this occasion. So we cut then to the girls having some brunch together. Miranda is bemoaning men. They're all either married or gay or they're aliens. They're all liars. And Samantha says, and 97% of them can't fuck you worth the damn. And which I found odd because Samantha seems to enjoy having sex with men. Yeah, but she fucks so many that like well, even suppose, the 3% are a lot. I suppose she'd have the stats. Yeah, she'd know. Yeah. And I'd say she just kind of makes herself climax and, you know, she just, she shows them the way. Yeah. Um, Miranda's being very hard on herself. She thinks she's needy and she believes these people too easily. Um, Charlotte uh, is looking at things through rose-tinted spectacles as usual and she's talking about a friend of a friend um, for whom a married man left his wife. Um, and they all say, no, this is an urban myth, an urban relationship myth. Let's not forget what is the subject of this episode. But wait, he left his wife and... So the story is that this man, a married man, left his wife for a friend of Charlotte's friend. But they're still together. And they're still together. They lived happily ever after. So, you know, it can... But that happens happen. all the time. It does happen, yeah. And you know what? I'd say that woman that he left his wife for was probably 25. Mm. And he was 60. And that happens all the time. Yeah. Like, eventually, a man will settle with one wife. I mean, look at Henry VIII. Catherine Parr. Catherine Parr. Like, she probably <laughs> was walking around going, oh, I was the love of his life. Mm. You're just the last one and he died and he probably didn't have the fucking energy to go yeah. off with her head. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's he was just in like, bits. oh, this is just causes trouble. He'd fucking... Yeah. Gangrene. Syphilis, so, no doubt. Oh, he'd everything. So yeah. he wasn't, you know, just didn't have the energy to go. Oh, he probably was like off with then she'd be like, no, no, no. Pillow over his face. <laughs> Shushy. Um, but you know what I mean? Eventually they end yeah. up with somebody forever because then they die. Ka- did Catherine Aragon outlive Henry VIII? I don't know who outlived. Anna Cleves did, I think. Mm. Maybe Catherine. Oh, I don't know. His first wife. He didn't kill her. Yeah, Mary's mom. Mary's mom, yeah, he just divorced her. Yeah. Anne Boleyn was the love of his life, apparently, they mm. say. Well, or the lust of his life, yeah. That's what happens. Mm. They're too sexy. Um, then the kind of um, insipid one was Jane. Mm. So Anne Boleyn was Elizabeth II. I'm sure our fucking <laughs> listeners are like loving this. We're going to lose about to know. 50. Anne Boleyn, 50. apparently, was. He couldn't. I think you find Mary, indeed, it was out of Cleves. <laughs> no, um, yes, yeah, so Anne Boleyn was Elizabeth's mother. Then insipid Jane Seymour had insipid Edward. Hmm. And then there was Anna Cleves, who was meant to be hideous. Hmm. And then there was Catherine Howard, who was cousins with Anne Boleyn. And he chopped off her head. So obviously, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm. cousins whatever and then poor 
not poor, actually, Captain Parr. Successful Captain Parr. Yeah, she outlived him because he was mm. not in the best of health and whatever. Mm. So there you go. Thank you. Delete all of us. <laughs> Never. Okay, go on. Um, a bit of education, no harm. Exactly. Okay, so Charlotte is just full of rose-tinted glasses and thinks, you know, happy ever after, blah, blah, blah. I was doing a play with, um, and I was doing a sketch with these kids and they don't know who Scrooge is. Yeah. Have they never seen Muppets Christmas Carol no. even? They don't know who Ebenezer Scrooge is. I blame the parents. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, if it's not on stop. YouTube and it doesn't last 10 seconds, they're not going to watch it. They're not going to read it. Anyway, just thought I'd There's so many there. different versions of that story they in popular know. culture. No, it's, it's, even it's in The gone. Simpsons. like no. no, Simpsons they don't even watch anymore. Oh, they don't watch The Simpsons anymore? Mm. <sighs> I know. I despair. I despair. What's the world coming to? Anyway. I um yeah, made a joke recently around some youths about uh cheers. Why would you They did not know what I was on about. They're not gonna know cheers. They didn't know. They're no, not gonna know cheers. No way. I know Friends has had a revival, but they're not gonna know cheers. Never. They won't know the Golden Girls. Fraser, no. They certainly don't know Scrooge. But like Scrooge was like Okay, we grew up with Cheers and Golden Girls. Yeah. We didn't grow up with Charles fucking Dickens, but yeah. it was passed on to There's generations. There's so many movies, so many different no, versions. No, they've stopped. <sighs> Parents are too busy getting their old pairs to drive them around to gymnastics and fucking horse riding and drama. And they need to sit them in front of the telly and put on a Muppet's that, Christmas yeah. Carol. Put on the right TV. Now. Parents, listen to me. Listen to me. Immediately after you finish listening to this episode, Go and put on a Muppets Christmas Carol and sit your children in front of that thing. And also, just put the TV on for your Michael kids. Michael Caine's performance is a triumph. Kids don't, it is, but kids don't even watch TV the way we did. They don't oh. watch films. Little House on the Prairie. They, but they don't sit down and go, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch Something this Something with a narrative movie. that's start to finish, at least half an hour. You know, no, if it's a don't. film, it's no. maybe two hours. No. Or back in the day, geez, you, you could end up on a Sunday afternoon watching something like The Greatest Story Ever Told or something like that. That's like three and a half hours long. They won't watch it. Lawrence of Arabia. No, they have their tablets and they look up from time to time. No, it's My favourite uh, type of Sunday afternoon film when I was a kid, like eight years old, say, was something like Pillow Talk, Doris Day and Dean Martin. See, I wasn't Doris Rock Day. I'm not into that. I'm more I into loved it. Doris Day and Dean Martin were my favourite combo. Yeah. Ever. You like those comedies. I was more into film noir. I think it says a lot about why I'm so fond of Big. There you go. I'm actually fond of Dean Martin, Cary Grant, Rock Hudson. There you go. Mm. I'm more into Family Tales. There you go. That's why I love Samantha. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Do we digress? (laughs) I think so. Do you know what? Um, In this scene, Miranda really doesn't like Charlotte. No, but she's, she's, been damaged by this uh, situation with Alan so she's being very cynical very hostile towards Charlotte because Charlotte is Pollyanna and Miranda's like no I've had enough of this no more Mr. Nice Guy Mrs. Nice Guy I know but she really doesn't like Charlotte in general or just here she just doesn't like her Yeah, none of them like each other they like Carrie they all are obsessed with Carrie hmm um, and then obviously they have to bring Carrie into the conversation because she's been relatively quiet. She hasn't really talked about herself for at least 50 seconds. Yeah. So Charlotte brings her into the equation. Well, they wonder who does have a relationship that has utterly transformed. And Charlotte points to her bestie, Carrie. 
Everyone says her relationship is different now with Big. Well, Miranda goes mad. Yeah. She's like, how? How is it different? Tell me, how? How? Like, how? And Carrie and Fern is like being attacked. She's like, it just is. But even Samantha's kind of like laughing. Now, she's not as aggressive mm. as Miranda. You know, but, you know, Samantha doesn't really give a shit. She's, she, I don't think she believes. Also, remember, Samantha came on to Big before and he rejected her. And Carrie swooped in and jig time. Yeah. Girl yeah. code. Anyway, I just think they're, I think Miranda and Samantha, I'm going to put Samantha in this as well, in this yeah. equation. They're bitches. Carrie's with them now. And they're sneering at her. Like, just be happy for her. It'll go tits up. We know that. Yeah. But just be happy for her now. It's like the scrunchie mm. and burger. Mm. When Carrie um, mocks him for writing about a girl in New York who wears a scrunchie, which they all do now. So yeah, maybe Berger was ahead of his time. But she mocks him for including a scrunchie. And the book is out there. You can't do anything. Yeah. First draft, Grant, have a look at this. See if there's any spelling mistakes. And have I done anything that you think is inaccurate? Yeah. A, a woman would be caught dead wearing a scrunchie. It's too late. Too late. Bitch. And yes, so in this situation, it's too late. They are dating. They're in a relationship. He's called her his girlfriend. And she's also deeply in love with this man. She really is. And Samantha's kind of laughing and sneering. And Miranda is just losing her reason with hostility. She's losing her mind. So Carrie says, oh, I just have this feeling that something has shifted. And maybe we both know that if we came back together again, it must be for a reason. And uh, Samantha laughs in her face. And Miranda just kind of, or yeah, Miranda just kind of rolls her eyes. And it's having none of it. They're very cynical about Carrie and Big. So we cut to Carrie's apartment where she is clattering. And I've written down here, oh my God, I've zoned out. I have to rewind. Really? (laughs) So she gets to thinking. This went on for a minute or two before I realised I hadn't taken any of it in. Right. So I I did rewind. And she got to thinking about myths. And relationships, heroes, boyfriends, cyclopses, divorced guys. Are they really that different? I, I, don't, I have no idea what this means. I've actually zoned out when you were saying. I was just like, <laughs> no, I know. It's just like you have one article to write, love. Mm. Get your shit together. <laughs> like stop walking, traipsing back and forth, smoking your fucking cigarette with your shite. It's shite. Like yeah. this is the shite that I'd write in university and I have like 12 hours to complete it. I just sit down and I just write any old fucking shite and you just pass. Just get a pass. Yeah. yeah. Stop fucking back and forth. What are you talking about? I know they're doing the parallels with the classics and all that shit, but like. Hmm. Well, apparently Carrie has a degree in classics. Oh, does she? Well, according to her next statement, I can only assume that she did. Oh. Primitive Greeks, she says. She opines. <laughs> <laughs> Clung to myths. To explain ra- the random hopelessness of their lives. Did they? Okay. Well, she'd know. Yeah. Do modern day singles need modern day myths to help us get through life? Yes, we do, Carrie. Okay. And Big and me, we suddenly fit. Had the relationship gods smiled? Or was that something I deeply needed to believe? Imagine reading this article. <laughs> Imagine... <laughs> I couldn't get through the first paragraph. Well, I had to rewind it back a couple of times to get through this. So finally, she gets to the point of this week's 
Riddle of the Sphinx. Have we not got to it? This is what it is. Are we willing to believe anything to date? If it was well written, this sentence, it would maybe be something more like, are we willing to believe anything in order to date? And then I was thinking to date, like, mm. as in, like, up to now. Yeah, exactly. So I've done a little red pen there, there editing in order. Okay. Are we willing to She could have done with date? me now, editing her column. I would You'd be brilliant. I would have brought it to life, I think. Absolutely. I would have just, just been <laughs> X, cross that out, cross yeah. that out. Yeah. Just do another pass, love. Yeah. yeah. Or bring in a ghostwriter, please. <laughs> the one who wrote Mel B's first biography. She was very good. Um, I'd be like, I'll just do it. Yeah, I'll do it myself. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Are we willing to believe anything to date? No, no, you're not. Like, no, no, you're not. You believe what someone says. You meet them. They say, hi, my name's Alan Miller. I'm divorced. All right, fair enough. Turns out he's not divorced. Why wouldn't you take somebody at face value? And then obviously if it turns out they've lied, that's fine. But there's nothing you can do to protect yourself from somebody I, lying. I, oh, I'm going to believe that he's divorced. Yeah. Because if he's not, then this is going to be just like, it's all going to go tits up. It's going to be a shambles. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> no. And as an adult in the world, you get used to sort of, maybe somebody has told you something and you, your senses start to tell you, maybe, maybe that's not true. You know, you figure it out. But generally, you take people at face value. Yeah. And especially if you're kind of falling in love, you know, at the start of a relationship. Yeah, there's always going to yeah. be skeletons in the closet. And yeah. men are worse than women with that. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. No, they're, they are. It's a sweeping statement, but yeah. It is 100% and it's true. Yeah. So, on to the next. Ooh, this is an iconic scene. Yeah, it sure is. Samantha is having a nice cocktail in a nice bar. Oh, it looks fabulous. I just want to do that every day, yeah. all day. She'd had, a, she'd had a day, you know, she'd been working, unlike her friend. Yeah. And she decided to take herself out for a nice Lovely. Cosmo. We should do that more often. I agree. Either together or separately. I don't fucking mind. Together. Yeah. Um... So she's giving uh, the eye, uh, exchanging a few little smiles with a lovely old gent in the corner. And who is the gent having a conversation with? Old orange face himself, Donald Trump. The Donald. Yeah. Little cameo. Great actor. He's not bad. He's actually not bad. And he was quite good in Home Alone too as well. When Kevin asked him, where's, where's my room? Where's the suite? Down the hall to the left. Do that again. Down the hall to the left. Donald did it better. He was really on. He really underplayed it. <laughs> um, he couldn't be considered an overactor, unlike maybe somebody else who turns up to do a cameo oh, later on. It's <laughs> Hallowell now Horner. Yeah, he's not bad, but you know he's not there. You see, the difference in him and Jerry is like Jerry's like. I can hope. I hope this will lead to bigger and better things, and I'll probably be the the fifth member of. Sex. I'll, I'll be the fifth character in Sex in the City. Yeah. Um, that didn't happen. Don't know why. But Donald has nothing to lose. Do you know what I mean? He's just like, I'll do a cameo. I don't need this. Now the writing is awful. His his line that he's given is awful. I can't remember what it is. Well, I wrote it down. He's there with the elderly man who's giving Samantha the eye, mm-hmm. and they're saying goodbye. They've they you know have obviously done a business deal, and he says to the elderly man. I'll be in my office in Trump Tower. 
Like his office is obviously in Trump Tower. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'll be in my office. He would say. Yeah, in the office, the, like he may have yeah. other offices, but like probably just the one in New York. Exactly. Now maybe they thought, okay, they're not going to notice it's Donald Trump. Ah, come on. I don't know. Although people don't know who's a lot more famous now, maybe. I, no, I don't know. I don't know. But may or it was probably a plug for Don. Which is the whole Trump enterprise. The, the whole Trump enterprise, yeah. But I just found that line very clunky, unnecessary. He's not bad. I'm not going to deny it. He wasn't bad. Yeah. Okay. Hats off, Don. Right. So Donald heads, and the adorbs guy comes over to chat Samantha up, and he has a great line. He's like, uh, "You distracted me so much with your beauty that I've agreed to finance Donald Trump's next project. So you owe me a hundred and fifty million dollars." Oh, I just be like, oh, I've met my husband. So he said, um, can I buy you a drink? And Samantha says, no, I have a drink. I'm fine. And he says, uh, well, can I buy you an island? And she's like, like, can you? He's the perfect man. Sorry, it's unfortunate. See, I'm going to be cancelled, but it's unfortunate. Now, he's not a baby boomer. He's like the grandfather of a baby boomer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's quite old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his name is Ed. So he is single, available, and a multi-millionaire. Like a million times over. He's yeah. a billionaire. He's also nice. He's really nice. I would go as far as saying he's the perfect man. Yeah. Now, everyone has their preferences. Some people are straight, some people are gay, some people are bi. And some people like toy boys and some people like older men. Absolutely. And if you are one of those who likes older men, he's the perfect man. Or you mightn't have a type per se, but you could unexpectedly meet somebody and click with them. Yeah, but sometimes you million. want to click with the person, but you don't fancy them. Ah, yeah. You can't help it if you don't fancy them. You can't help yeah. it. So we cut to Sam and Carrie, who are in the park having a walk. And Samantha says to Carrie, what's your age ceiling? Carrie doesn't think twice. She says it's 50. That's her limit. And there, she's what, about 35 here? I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think okay. Samantha's 40. Samantha's a little older, yeah. Yeah, she's in her 40s maybe. So she says, uh, Carrie says, well, what's your ceiling? And <laughs> Samantha says, well, if you, what if you factor in millions and millions of dollars? And Carrie's like, still 50. Um... So Samantha tells her that she has just met the cutest older man and he is the cutest older man. He's lovely. She's guessing he's a young 72. Yeah. Yeah. He's about 90. I I thought that a young 72 is quite generous here. Yeah, he's about 90. Yeah, he's a little older than that. It's lovely. So Carrie is a bit stunned and Samantha says, well, your silence speaks volumes about your ageism. She's dead right. And she is right. But she is and she isn't. If you don't if you don't like that, then you don't like that. Mm. You shouldn't have to pretend that you like everybody and you find everyone attractive. No, but if your buddy is dating somebody who's significantly older than them, you don't be like, oh, uh, do you have to go for the early bird? Which suppose, Carrie just said. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm defending Carrie here. <laughs> um, Maybe she doesn't take it that seriously because maybe like Samantha doesn't really get into relationships so it's more kind of you're asking me what I think mm. I don't know and uh, it is very early days it's not like they've been going out yeah, for years yeah it's not like what Miranda did to her 
talking about big, like, mm. oh, you know, it's not change, it's not going to work. Mm. But Samantha says he's vibrant and he's powerful and he's generous. And I think generous is probably the most important thing in that trio for Samantha. Yes. Uh, they haven't discussed bedroom fun yet. And Carrie asks, are you capable of having sex with a senior? Why wouldn't she be? Like, you might wonder if the senior is capable, but... Hopefully we're... not. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Um, And then there's some shite about an urban legend, legend and an old man in Samantha I didn't quite catch. Sorry, you might think I'm a bit off here, but I didn't write any notes. <laughs> I'm just like, enough is enough. Exactly. People in glass houses. <laughs> sure, this is it. I've no notes. I, 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 what happened to me? Doesn't matter. Here? I'll tell you. Okay. I know what happened, but I just didn't write any notes. I don't think I have an opinion. I do have an opinion. I get it, but I, I can't say what I think because I'll be cancelled. Oh, you can. It's fine. Um, he has money. If he can do it, do it. He's very old. He is very old. He is significantly We have older. to be honest here. As you get older, you become less attractive physically. Yeah. Unless you're really into Tutankhamen. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So Tutankhamen? If you're listening. Well, he was embalmed with a fully erect penis. Of course he bloody was. And I heard that on a different podcast. And I won't say which one because they get enough publicity. Oh, really? Yeah. No, we're not going to say it. It's the number it. one podcast in this country, so. We said it, did we? Huh? We said it? Yes, it was us. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Some people are into Tutankhamen come because he has an erect penis. Yeah. That should that do the job. You think? Uh, right. We cut to Big's kitchen and he is manhandling a piece of veal. Carrie is having a nice ciggy and a nice glass of red wine and giving Big a drag of her cigarette, which she wasn't too keen to do for... Uh, yes, when Susan Sharon broke up with her fella. Yeah. And she wanted a cigarette. And Carrie was like, having none of it. Fuck a bitch. Yeah. Scabby bitch. But she doesn't seem to care when it yeah, comes it's to... Yeah, because it's big. It's big. Too big. Um, I've written here, shit, I zoned out of her mortal shite again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's talking about mortal shite. Yeah. Okay, so I, I rewound. In every myth, the mere mortals are always tested. And based on how they respond, they go to paradise or they're tied to a rock for all eternity. Mary, I must have been watching something else. I I can't remember that. I caught myself zoning out, so I I'm not surprised. Is this her voiceover? It's voiceover. Oh, sorry. I thought she was saying this to Big. No. What she does say to Big is, I have a huge request. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> First of all, don't frame it as a huge request. Don't tell the person that you want to, you want to get somebody to do something for you. Don't be like, this is huge. Because she's, a, she's, she's scared. She knows he's going to have to, she knows he can't say yes. Immediately, he's not going to make life easy. Mm. So she's kind of like, I, I acknowledge that this is huge, and mm. I'm really asking a lot of you because you're so important, and you're amazing, and I'm so obsessed with you. Mm. She's so scared of him. Yeah, she's a beast. She's little Mo from EastEnders. Sorry, Trevor. Sorry, Trevor. I won't happen again. Well, Trevor, was sorry in the end. Yeah, not little Mo. And not big. Um. If only Carrie had whacked him on the head with an iron. No, she never would. Well, she wouldn't do the ironing. 
She got Lily to do her dirty work for her. <laughs> yeah, she finished did. the fucker off. <gasps> what? Spoiler. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> anyway, they know. It's fine. Uh, so her request is that she wants Big to know her friends better. He's not interested, really, is he? He says he knows them brand. Charlotte's a brunette, Miranda's a redhead, and Samantha's trouble. Yeah. Sorry, Samantha's trouble. Samantha came on to you and he couldn't handle her because he knew Samantha would probably fuck Big over. Oh, she would, yeah. And obviously then Carrie came in, sloppy seconds. Well, Samantha wouldn't be running around, you know, dying of excitement over a toothbrush. No, no. Uh, anyway, she wants them all to go out for dinner at Denial. Ooh. Uh, which is a hot new restaurant at the river in Egypt on Saturday. And he says, okay. And once again. Jason X. Yeah. So Miranda then rings Carrie. He's still in Big's kitchen. Big's making food. Sorry, before this. Sorry. Does Carrie say, you're so funny and cute? Which does, yeah. Sorry, I blank. I blank. Sorry, that's what I got out. You're so funny and cute. Yeah, you're neither. <laughs> anyway, go on. Miranda rings. So Carrie's still in Big's kitchen. They're making food together. Well, he's making food. And Miranda rings, saying, "Where are you?" We see that Miranda's in a bar. She has a nice glass of also red wine in front of her. Lovely. Where are you? And she's like, "Oh, I did not get my message. I left a message on your machine an hour ago." Mm-hmm. Uh. They were meant to be having dinner together. So she basically stood her up last minute. What happens when you leave a message on someone's landline? I can't remember. And are they supposed to, do they get a message on their phone saying someone's left a message on your landline? No. I can't remember the technology. But obviously Miranda was at work, I presume. And she went to meet Carrie for a drink. Mm -hmm. So she's supposed to ring in every 20 minutes to see if anyone's left a message on her Machine. Yeah, I do recall that you were able to dial into your house phone yeah. voicemail. Like if there's a fucking emergency and your mom's in hospital. not like, do that. You're meeting your friend. And also it's just an hour and she didn't speak to her directly. So like she should have gone to meet her. Gone Like I 100%. haven't managed to speak to her in person to cancel this. I don't know if she's going to turn up. I don't know if she's received the message. Why didn't you text her? They have phones. Why didn't she text her? She answers with a phone, yeah. a mobile phone, or ring cell phone. Her. Yeah. Why, why Why did she ring her landline? She's such a fucking yeah. bag. Anyway, she's bailed on her with an hour's notice, even if she had received the message. One hour's notice. Because Big wanted to cook for me. I mean, this is just awful. This is, is really terrible. bad. Yeah. Oh God. I know that machine in your uh, purse in your handbag is gonna explode. Honestly, and it's I don't really mean a vibrator. No, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. This is really getting to. This is getting Key to the, bag, the meat and potatoes. Yeah. This is now. She's really showing her true colors. Yeah. I think back in the day we kind of just didn't acknowledge didn't it. Didn't notice somehow. We probably have done the same. But like, we wouldn't though. So maybe you might make a faux pas. You might kind of try to cancel, not manage to reach the person, kind of go go meet your boyfriend anyway, blah, blah, blah. But then once this all came to light, you'd be like, oh my God, I am so sorry. I think maybe if there was a group of people meeting, not just one fucking pleb on their own. Yeah. 
And it's not like, you know, Biggs had a fucking heart attack. Mm-hmm. Like, no. And on the phone, doesn't Carrie call him Big? Yeah. Does Big know his name is Big? <gasps> yes. Imagine him knowing that. I mean, no wonder he behaves the way he does. <gasps> his ego, Jesus. I'd say that's the biggest thing about him. I'd say it is. Um, yeah, so she doesn't even apologise. She's not like, okay, look, I'm actually going to come over to you now. Sorry. Yeah, she doesn't even lie. She's like, oh my God, shit, like, oh, for God, sorry, it's tonight. She's like, oh, he wanted to cook for me. Or even fucking say I'm sick. Yeah. No shame. No pride. No shame. Um, Miranda says, your relationship is the same as it's always been. It's all about him. And she's not wrong. She's right. Yeah. Which means she's not wrong. Sorry. Anyway, they hang up, or Miranda hangs up. I don't know who hangs up. I presume it's Miranda. Well, it should be Miranda. Yeah. And then she correctly orders another glass of wine. Very rudely to the bartender, who is none other than... Steve! Miranda. Uh, He's so, 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 so young. He's very young. And he's very nice. Yeah. He comes across quite well. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, I'll have another wine. And he's like, I'll have another wine, please. And he's right. She's a rude fucking bitch. I know her friend fucked her over, but I've been fucked over so many times. I've been in the depths of despair, but I'm always polite. You can't order a drink like that. You just say, please, hi, sorry, could I have a... We always say, sorry, could I have... Sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Irish people always say sorry. Yeah. Someone bumps into you, sorry. you say Sorry. sorry. We're not really apologising. It's no, just we don't mean it, it. It's, it's like saying like or yeah. you know or But it's like polite. That. Polite. It has meaning. Yeah. And then Miranda thinks she's in fucking Downton Abbey, the Dowager. <laughs> Are you allowed to speak to me like that? He's like, Yeah, I am, yeah. Do you know who else is going on the gee bag on Yeah. There won't be room for these two fucking see you next Tuesdays. I there worry. won't be I think that machine needs a service. I don't know what's gonna happen. We'll wait and see. We'll have to bring it to the gee bag emporium. We shall. Um, and then she's like, okay, thank you. And he says, thank you, Steve. My name is Steve. But in fairness, she's not going to know his name. Yeah, how is she supposed to? <laughs> I think he just kind of, you know, went a bit too far. <laughs> so he heard the row. He overheard Miranda and, and Charlotte having a row. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, was it I your boyfriend? I think you'll find it was Miranda and Carrie. Did I say Miranda and Steve? You said Miranda and Charlotte. Oh, Jesus. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just not on the ball today, Mary. But he's, anyway, he starts to win Miranda over with his charm. She starts to have a little grin. Why is he bothering? She's absolutely obnoxious. I would yeah. avoid her if I was a bartender. Yeah. Um, And she, she takes a swig of her wine and he tells her to slow down. Uh, drink my wine at my own pace. Thanks I'll very much. I'll knock it back, bitch. Yeah. And he buys her the drink and he said, it's a bribe that you'll hang out with me and talk or else I'll have to talk to those plebs at the other end of the bar. I'd rather talk to the plebs. Yeah. At least they'd say please. <laughs> and they'd probably know my name. Yeah. Like in cheers. And then they ride. Oh, I hate that scene. Them riding. Yeah, I told you I have a Miranda sex phobia. I think it's the least cringy Miranda sex scene that we've seen. Yeah, but they do a close up on the fucking feet. Oh, they do. We do hear that Miranda has two orgasms. So good on you, Steve. Fair play. Yeah. They've they're they've finished and he's getting dressed and he says it was very special and she is a cunt. 
She's on her phone, setting her alarm, I presume. And she has no interest. And she's like, is that your shirt over there? She wants him out. She really has to get up for work in the morning, like her friend Carrie. <laughs> um, I'd say she does have to get up quite early. I'd say she does. But I'm sorry, she brought him back. Be polite. Yeah. You'll be rude in the morning. Indeed. He asks for her phone number. And she oh, says, she kicks it. So she's kicking him out, basically. He's obviously not staying the night. No. And he says, oh, can I have your phone number? And she says, why? Um, And he's like, well, I'm going to ring you and maybe we'll go out. And she's like, look, we don't have to do this. You don't have to make believe you're going to call. It's fine. This is a one night stand. It's fine. I'd be like, fair enough. I'm not going to call you. You're a horrible bitch. But for some reason, he's besotted. Because she's being a fucking bitch. The situation is, be obnoxious and they're all over you. If you try and be nice and normal and adult about the situation, they don't want to know. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to express your true feelings, they don't want to know. As Steve would. No, he, if she was like, oh, that was amazing. I guarantee you, Mary. He'd like it. He'd like it. They all, yeah. They're all the same. Mm-hmm. It's not a sweeping statement. I guarantee you, no man wants an easy ride. He got an easy ride. No man wants, <laughs> all men want a challenge. If it's too easy, as in someone's all over them, they don't want to know. Men of Ireland and America. And, and England. The rest of the world. Scotland. Please email us at suddenlyirealized at gmail.com or DM us. Slide into our DMs on Facebook, Twitter. Or Instagram. Look, you'll just find us. It's fine. TikTok. American Steve, can you set up a TikTok for us, please? Thank you. Tell us, do you want a challenge? Do you want us to be bitches? Is that what you want? They're not going to email us. Oh, they will. We've made it too easy for them. <laughs> We've given them all our deep. I haven't given them the exact handles for our social media or told them that suddenly I realised has an S. And now you have. Oh. We're not going to hear from them. It's fine. Just believe me, listeners. Okay, so Miranda's like, sure, okay, whatever, thanks, bye. Great sex to Steve. And he slings its hook. He's gone. That's the end of that. We may see him again, though. And we never see Steve again. (laughs) So we cut to Ed's mansion. And it's very fancy. It's gorgeous. And there was something about Ed, we hear, just as... uh, Samantha opens her napkin to find a very expensive looking bracelet. It's gorgeous. It's lovely. And up at the other end, because they're miles away from yeah. each other at opposite ends of the, the table. that's the way it should be, I yeah. think. He unrolls his napkin and there's a couple of earrings no! in there. Not um, for him, for Samantha. The maid rolls her eyes. <laughs> She's seen it before. She's the maid been... actually be a good match. She would. And the maid is closer to this gentleman's age. I said the maid is like, for fuck's sake, why why do I have to be the maid? Why can't I be sitting in Samantha's seat? Well, what I'm wondering is, you know, in her twilight years, why she needs to do this. Because he's loaded and he probably just fucking tips her every fucking Maybe she's second. very well paid. But I was thinking, like, at this stage of her life, would she not be running the agency that provides the maids? Maybe she's just a good, maybe she's a follower, not a leader. Yeah. That's her. She rolls her eyes anyway. She knows the score. Um, I'm sorry. Ed's perfect. If he was 60 years younger or 70 years younger, there's me being ages, but I can't be cancelled. Ageism is not a thing. If he was 70 years younger, he would be two. No, he's not 72. He's a young 72. 
according That's, to Samantha. Yes. He's perfect. So, and under the dish, what do you call those things? A fancy dish where you lift the lid on the dish. And was there a salmon under there? A no. Platter. Yeah, maybe. maybe. No. Uh, We're not fancy enough to know. No. Or help us. We're poor. Subscribe. The maid lifts the lid. Or does Samantha <laughs> lift it? Somebody lifts the lid. I can't remember, but. To reveal, not a salmon, a necklace. And Samantha gives a round of applause. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I would. I'd give a fucking standing ovation. The maid rolls her eyes again. Um, then they, they move to the parlour and Ed puts the moves on Samantha. But he's doing like old timey moves. Like fucking Sammy Davis Jr. moves. Yeah. Um, from those Doris Day and Rock Hudson movies. So Ed uh, and Samantha are having a nice drink. And he lays his cards on the table. And he says the most beautiful words, music to one's ears. Mm-hmm. Samantha, I only have a handful of good years left. Mm-hmm. So at least now you know he's going to die soon. Eventually. Soon, probably. Mm-hmm. And you only have to endure him for, he says 10 to 12 tops. I'd say I'd give him four. Yeah. And then all of this can be yours and the maid. I don't know if the maid would hang around. Maybe she would, maybe she wouldn't, but she can get another maid. At the end of the day, he's a billionaire. Yeah. So, and he's going to die soon. What's there to hate? Like if the Donald is looking to him for finance, then yeah. he's a very he's the real deal. Yeah, guy. Uh, he says he's willing to make it worth her while. So he's actually proposing a sugar daddy arrangement. Fabulous. You know, he's self-aware. He knows the deal. He knows, yeah. look, I'm... The, the, the millions are kind of upping my stock here, literally. Yeah, he knows. Obviously he knows. But there's there are lots of things that can up a guy's stock. Like, some people... It could be a guitar. You know? Musicians. They... Rich it, musicians. Or poor ones as well. I'm telling you. Not for me, Mary. Not for you, but, you know... In general, there could be guys who, if they hadn't been the lead singer or the lead guitarist in a band or whatever, they may not have done so well. Yeah. Right? And for him, it's several million dollars. Yeah. And not only does he have millions and millions of dollars, he also has Viagra. You see, I'd be like, oh, you don't need, we don't even need to have a a sexual relationship. Let's be companions. It'd be quite nice. And sometimes that's all someone wants. Yeah. A companion to go to the theatre with. Mm. To wipe your ass. No, no. He's a millionaire. The maid can do it. Yeah. A carer can do it. Anyone can do it. Do you know what? He's perfect. <laughs> Except you don't perfect. fancy him. Yeah, I don't. But I know other people who like older men. Mm. Like, if you're going to go old, go Ed. I agree. So, off they go to the bedroom. She turns off the lights. Wise move. And for some reason she growls at him. Mm-hmm. And then we hear Ed's lips were not the lips of an older man. His touch was not the touch of an older man. Yeah. Nature calls and Ed has to go to the toilet. So up he gets. And we hear, unfortunately, Ed's ass was the ass of an older man. And the camera cuts to Ed walking away. And his bottom on view. So, listeners, there's ageism and body shaming. 
He does have a saggy arse. But that was me. I just think, oh, am I looking in the mirror? What did she think his arse was going to look like? I'm like, imagine he had butt implants. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> had a J-Lo bum. I know, it is very saggy, but I can't talk. <laughs> the drapes need to be ironed. I think nowadays Ed would have a, a an ass implant. But like, I don't, why would you want a fucking duck arse on a man? You wouldn't. Look, he's just given you earrings, a bracelet and a necklace. Yeah. Diamonds. You're just going to have to fucking close your eyes and just think it's not an old man's lips, not an old man's hand. Don't touch his saggy arse. Yeah. But that's not what happens. She legs it. Yeah. And the maid is waiting at the door <laughs> with her purse hands it to her and slams the door behind her. It's probably happened so many times but like yeah. you think Ed would do something about it. I'm, sure, I'm not saying get a butt, butt lift but like there must be something to do. If people are having scrotox. Well exactly. Like there must be something to do for like men must be able to avail of some sort of procedure to I, make it less wrinkly and saggy. I'd imagine in 2022 it's probably quite straightforward that the surgeon will do something to maintain the yeah. butt supple situation. Skin graft? Probably, maybe Botox? I don't know. But it would have started earlier, maybe. Um, but in 1998, maybe not so much. He missed the boat. Mm. Anyway, that's the end of the romance. So poor Ed. Hello. Poor Samantha. Did she take the jewels? Hope so they were present. I don't know if I would though. If you do a legger in the middle of... Coitus. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I would. You'd feel bad. Yeah, I suffer from excessive guilt. Anyway, that's the end. Of what could have been the greatest romance. Could. So we cut to Miranda's house, her apartment. Saturday afternoon, she's just chilling. Who turns up at the door? Miranda, Steve, Steve, it's Steve Brady, the bartender, the father of Satan, the the soon to be father of Satan. (laughs) There he is at the door, all cute, and he's saying, I like you. God knows why. I've no idea. She's still all cynical and she's saying, oh, translation, you think I'm an easy lay. Well, you're not not an easy lay. No, you're not. You know. But, like, he's not that desperate, like, you know what I mean? You weren't that good for him to kind of come knocking on your door. And I would imagine a bartender working in New York would have no difficulty if all they're after is the ride. They could probably ride a different woman every night of the week. Of course they could. Yeah. Free drink. But for some reason he likes her. He asks her to dinner and she's like, why? And he's like, so we can go for a nice dinner he's a masochist yeah she says she has plans and she's going to denial oh my buddy works there he says I'll meet you for a drink so he says he'll come along to meet them when they head out for their dinner which I think is a bit weird to be honest it is weird but don't forget they're bringing big they are bringing big so Mm. it's not that weird for some reason she tells them that they're meeting at 7pm and they're actually not. And Steve sniffs out the lie and he says, what time are you actually meeting? And she says, nine. I think that's very late to be meeting for dinner. No, I like that. I'm very Mediterranean. I don't like early, early dinners. 
But why did she lie? So she expected, sorry, she had to sit on her own after Giba Carrie fucked her over. Yeah. And she knows what it's like. Mm. She expects him to come at seven and wait for her. Yeah, well, with the, her intention was that after whatever half an hour, he'd be like, okay, she's not coming. So, so why she was he... intentionally standing him up, basically. Why? To get rid of him from the door, like... But, like, has she no empathy because she's gone through that? Yeah. She's become worse than the people she was complaining about. I think Miranda's a horrible person. She certainly isn't um, covering herself in glory in this no, situation. No, no need for that. That's horrible. That's actually really, really cruel. Yeah, it's nasty. And then when she admits that, like, oh, yeah, I'm actually meeting them at nine, I'd be like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You're a horrible, horrible bitch. You're a horrible, horrible bitch. You, you tried to trick me. Yeah. You've treated, treated me with nothing but contempt. And you are an easy lay and one I'd like to forget about. No. Soften your cuff for you, Miranda Hobbs. Bitch. So, Carrie arrives at Big's apartment and she's in a lovely dress and has lovely hair. You always know those details. I do. I'm just like, oh, here's that fucking see you next Tuesday again. <laughs> she knocks on the door. Why doesn't she have a key? But anyway, she knocks on the door and he answers. Like her toothbrush is in there. Why doesn't she yeah. have a key? Um, oh my God, she'd have a stroke if he gave her a key. Oh no, she'd be dead. Yeah. Anyway, he's not ready. He's in shorts and flip-flops, Crocs or something. And she's like, hey, are you not? <laughs> What's going on? Are you not ready? And he's not going anyway. He says, do you mind if I don't go? It's going to rain. <laughs> Sorry, like I know it's 1998, but they are able to text. I know it costs money, but I don't think that's Big's issue. Like, I'm not going. Sorry, or look, it's raining, or do you mind if I don't go? What is this with people? I know she did it to him when they were going to Bali or wherever. Why can't they send texts? They have enough money to send a text in 1998 to say, I'm not going to make it. So he had her come all the way from her apartment to his apartment before making her way to the restaurant instead of texting her earlier and saying, don't bother going around here. I'm not coming. Go straight to the restaurant. What's wrong with these people? And he's like, is it okay? And obviously it's not okay. And she's like, sure. What's the line she says? Do you have it down? I do. I was afraid if I looked in his eyes, I'd turn to stone. Continuation of the Greek myth. Yeah. Of Medusa. Medusa. So off she goes. How could I let myself believe any different that a self-centered 42-year-old baby would magically transform. Uh, she lies to the girls then. Um, Charlotte is saying like, oh, they won't see us until our whole party is here. And she's like, oh, I'm not sure what time he's going to get here. Now, it's nine o'clock, right? Surely these people are hungry and she's preventing them from getting seated at their table in the restaurant to order their bloody dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd be cross. Knowing that this person they're waiting for isn't, isn't coming. coming. I know. It isn't actually coming. So, but like, they may not be hungry. Sometimes when I'm going out, like, um, I just get this, like, we call it the big D, where you're just so excited and your hunger evaporates. Butterflies in your tummy instead yeah. of food. So, what's the night going to hold? Yeah. Obviously, nothing, but um, <laughs> you just get excited and you just want to drink the cocktail. So, maybe they're on that buzz. Yeah, maybe they had an olive. So they're fine. They're not that upset. Well, Miranda's upset. Well, Miranda's in a permanent state of 
being upset in this episode and most episodes. Steve delivers a few drinks to the table and he says, if you want good service, you have to send a bartender. And Miranda says, if you want a good fuck, you go home with one. Uh, Steve isn't amused. Neither are the girls. I mean, in a way, it's a compliment. Yeah, she said he was good. I mean, I think that's all men care about, really. But he's hurt. And Samantha and Charlotte are like, oh. Miranda insists it was funny, which it wasn't. It wasn't. Stand up is not easy, Miranda. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Steve asks to have a word. And he says, look, why why do you hate guys so much? You, You know, you don't really know me. So I know that's not all about me. I just wanted to get to know you better. God knows why he wants to get to know her better. No idea. Uh, maybe I'm not full of shit. Maybe I do like you and was special. But she, she can't believe it anyway. And she says, maybe I've slept with too many bartenders. Slut. <laughs> and the other guy, he legs it. But before he goes, he, he, he goes back to the table and he says goodbye to the girls. Yeah. Nice meeting you. And they don't reply. They just look kind of shiftily, like awkwardly <laughs> side to side. All I have to do is go, I'll see you, Steve, yes. You, you don't have to apologise to your friend. Just go, I'll see you, bye. Like, we'd go, okay, bye now, see you. I didn't Love notice to that. They, they don't say anything. No. They don't utter a syllable. They're just like, oh, this is it's so, so awkward. awkward. Like, one of them would have said, see you now. Okay, bye, take care. No, poor Steve. Nice to meet you. Um, support, yeah, poor Steve. Hashtag poor Steve. Hashtag poor Steve. Hashtag poor Skipper too. Yeah, heads off into the night Carrie is about to announce that Big isn't coming and she says maybe we should just get the table for us four Miranda is like oh I knew it he's not coming is he men or shit and, then and she's delighted she's delighted Miranda yeah that she's proven right yeah yeah but then heaven of heavens it's a miracle who turns up it's big, big. it's all in slow motion and Carrie does one of her famous turns. Yeah. And he's coming down the stairs in slow motion. She's on top head. of the world. Like, she's on top of... The, he showed up. He had tortured the woman. He had every intention of showing up. Tortured her saying, I'm not coming. It's like this... Break somebody down and build yeah. them back up Cat again. Yeah. 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 It's like when we have plans and you ring me and you say... Hi, sorry. Car broke down. Can't make it. And I go, oh no. And you go... And, and you're actually at the door. I know. But you don't leave At the time me. where, like, remember, we were supposed to be recording yeah. and I hid <laughs> in your scullery. You did. You gave me a fright. And I sent you a text saying I can't make it. Sorry about the short notice. I think, if I remember correctly, I was like, I got the text and I think I was like, fucking bitch. She's in the fucking kitchen. I know it. Oh, sorry. I thought you no, I know you well at this stage now. And I jumped um, down and boo! But you're going to be the girl who cried wolf. I know. You're gonna be like car broke down. I'm in. I'm stranded in Bulgaria, and, and I won't help. No, because I guess she's in my kitchen, my utility. She's in my utility. I'm in utility. Um, waiting to jump. And you should never jump out and say boo to someone because it could have a heart attack. Don't do it to big. He's a bad heart. Indeed. Um. So she's beyond happy. She's elated. Miranda's so pissed off that he's arrived, but it's like she's like, oh fuck. I'm just going to be left single, alone, miserable. I'm going to give Steve a chance. Well, I think we're... we're I know we're, it's like, she, it's oh, I've been proven wrong. Big did turn up. But you can just see, I can just see the fucking cogs. It's like, he did turn up. There's my fucking philosophy. 
loan to smithereens fuck but we're led to believe it's St. Paul on the road to Damascus that yeah. she's in, she, her not, faith is restored yeah. no no she just no. is like fuck okay Miranda leaves the restaurant she's like Steve she Steve and he's walking he's like Jember Little Women Professor Bear walking in the rain and Joe March runs after him <gasps> most people won't know what we're talking about it's the same scene yeah do you think they were inspired by it? Absolutely. So she kisses him in the rain. It's very romantic. And she says, maybe I can believe. Run a mile, Steve. It's going to end up in heartache and that little prick Brady. And Miranda and Steve live happily ever after. So anyway, look, the end bit, I haven't written much. Yeah. It's probably a voiceover you wrote down. Okay, I did. We hear in voiceover by Carrie. From that moment on, promiscuous women everywhere would tell the tale of the one night stand that turned into a relationship. Happens all the time. I'm sorry, promiscuous women. How dare you? Fuck off, Carrie. <laughs> Honestly, she's so fucking condescending. Mm-hmm. And I, we cut to then big Samantha, Charlotte and Carrie having a great old time. And he mocks Samantha. So Samantha, he says, tell me, did you ever get it on with that old coot? Uh, what? So, and you actually see on Samantha's face, she's actually shocked. She's shocked and disgusted. And like, you'd imagine that like Carrie go, oh, stop. Oh, shut up. And actually, I shouldn't have told you that. Yeah. Like, that's private, maybe. And Carrie is in convulsions. Like Both Samantha and Charlotte are kind of like. That's a weird thing to say. And why is Carrie telling him everything? Because she tells him everything. She says, as for Big and me, we stopped being a myth. And started becoming real. Real pains in the ass. I tell you what is real. The fucking gee bagometer. Fishing it out now. Wait, first of all, what did you realise? Suddenly I realised that Dad Ed is the perfect man. <laughs> if only I could see past the centuries. Hmm. Just doesn't do it for me. His jewels do. And his nice personality and his charming ways. Yeah. If only it was that easy. If only it was that easy. What did you realise? I realised quite suddenly that Donald Trump is a better actor than Jerry Horner. Nay, Halliwell. You're right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And Anna Kornikova is a better fucking actress than Jerry Halliwell. (gasps) And she, I thought she was the worst actress in the world. Well, look, you can't be good at everything. No. I also realised quite suddenly that Charlotte had no storyline. Ah. Oh. They always had, like, all four of them had storylines. Maybe it was because this was quite a big story beat for Miranda. So they really Mm. had to focus on her. Mm. They had to focus on Steve. Yeah. They could have given her something. Yeah. Well, she was like, oh, um, no. People do leave their wives. No, no, no. Buffer, no. Charlotte was out in the cold. Hmm. But look, if she got paid the same for the episode, why would you care? And presumably she did. We don't know. Yeah. Anyway, key bagometer is flashing. Mm. Ooh, quite angrily. So, ooh, it's telling me something. Okay. Carrie got a 5.9. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, that t- standing Miranda up. I yeah. think she would have got higher if Miranda... Hadn't been such a key bag herself. Yeah, Miranda was pretty poor this time around. Oh, Jesus. There's 
Yeah, we have to do one from Miranda now. Hmm. 8.4. Yeah. She was absolutely unacceptable towards Steve. But you know what? She was the same towards Skipper and it worked. It's the same storyline. Same yeah. glasses. Yeah, I'm going to be hostile. I'm not interested in you. You're going to wear me down. Yeah. With your niceness. And uh, yeah, that's what happened. Mm. Then she became a lesbian. Spoiler mm. alert. Sauce, not sauce. Okay. See you next week. See you next Tuesday. Exactly. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can contact us on suddenlyirealized at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Please subscribe to Suddenly I Realized on patreon.com. Cover art is by the very talented Patrick Kinsler, whose work you can find on craftypads.com.